Welcome in to episode 12 of the Print Fest DFS podcast. I'm your host, Justin Ruin. Today I'm riding solo. Um, I'm going to be breaking down uh, cash games on DraftKings in week 11. And as you can see on the screen, this is my cash game lineup. Uh, line of cash was right around 145, and I finished with 153. So, uh, you know, seven, eight points above line of cash. Uh, really solid week. I ended up winning 73% of my head to heads um, and for a pretty solid week. Starting at quarterback, I think that we have to talk about Taysom Hill. So Taysom Hill was easily the chalkiest quarterback on the slate. I didn't play him. I thought that, you know, I, we knew he would have a rushing floor. I just did not think that – I think there was an actual chance that he could get benched in this game uh, if he just didn't show anything through the air. Um, and he was absolutely fine through the air. I think he had like 10 yards per attempt and hit a rushing in two touchdowns. So – you know, kudos to the people who played him. Um, you know, I, I was off him. I ended up playing Joe Burrow, and he was crushing. He was doing just fine. He had 12 points at halftime, then comes out in the first first drive of the second half and, uh, you know, takes a hit to the knee. I, I believe he tore his ACL, um, his MCL, and had some other, some other damage there, and he's lost for the year. So, uh, you know, prayers up for Joe Burrow. Uh, my cash game team ended up, you know, still being fine, even taking the the hit from Burrow. You know, Taysom Hill was 40% owned in double ups and Burrow ended up being around 12%. And Taysom Hill doubled up Burrow and I still ended up just fine. Um, you know, certainly on the back of Keenan Allen. So, and I, I think really this week, I thought it was fine paying down for quarterback because there was no Kyler, no Russ, there's no Josh Allen, there was no... Um, you know, high price, dual threat running back that we typically like to pay up for in cash games for their massive ceiling. So I thought it was just fine uh, paying down for Joe Burrow, Taysom Hill, any one of those guys um, would have been just fine. So moving on to running back, I thought that, uh, you know, Davin Cook, he was he was an absolute lock. I mean, he was 75, 80% owned in double ups, probably up to 90% up in high stakes double ups. And rightfully so. I mean, the guy is averaging like 30 touches per game. I, I was never fading this spot at home against Dallas. And he certainly got there with 29 points. Uh, you know, I, I think that especially with running back being so weak on this slate, if you didn't play Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, I just should probably really reevaluate your process. So my other two running back spots here, um, I ended up going with Kalen Balaj. And so I talked about him on the Friday night pod. Uh, so Kalen Balaj, we knew you know, he's a, he's not a good player. All right, that, that's we know that. But he was getting bell cow workload. He was averaging right around seventy percent of the snaps coming into this game, and a few targets a game. I mean, he, he was a three down plus goal line back at home with a twenty eight implied total against the New York Jets. Um, yeah, he didn't up getting into the box, but he ended up having seven. He ended up having nine targets, seven receptions. Obviously, terribly inefficient, only racking up like 70 yards from scrimmage, um, but still got there. I mean, he got 14 points for 5.6K. I mean, certainly could have done worse at the running back position. He was a total dumpster fire this week. A lot of people paid down for Adrian Peterson with DeAndre Swift being out. I think around 20% of people played him uh, in the year 2020 to play Adrian Peterson. That's just wrong. A lot of people played Duke Johnson, who we all played the week before, and Duke Johnson just looks terrible. He's not he's just not catching any passes. They they don't check down. He looks awful. And I was just never gonna pay um, you know, five five or whatever he was, uh, 
at the running back position. I, I, I much rather prefer Kalen Balage over Duke Johnson this week. So my last running back spot, uh, I ended up playing Miles Sanders, and that was a little bit off the board. You know, most people played, uh, you know, like I mentioned, AP, Mike Davis, uh, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson, and Gio. And so Miles Sanders was probably like the 10th zone or 10th high zone uh, running back on the slate. And I thought he was just fine, uh, you know, heading into this game. He's playing around 65% of the snaps. Uh, he has somewhat of a passing game floor. He's probably going to catch, you know, three or four balls. Uh, and the matchup was okay. It's just that this slate did not have a lot of um, bell cow workloads on the slate. I mean, so it was Dalvin, it was Blage, it was, I guess, if you consider Mike Davis. I mean, there really was not a lot of um, high volume running backs on this slate. So I thought Miles Sanders, you know, in this game where it was going to be raining, I thought they were going to lean on the run a little more. Um, and he was pretty efficient on the ground and he ended up fumbling a, a carry that he had inside the five. So if he punches that in and doesn't fumble, that's another seven points on the board and, you know, ends up with 17 points. So, um, you know, only scoring 10 points for 6,900 is clearly not good enough. And that's a bad call on me to be playing Miles Sanders there. But, you know, I, I really don't regret the play on this slate. So moving on to wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver, uh, there were a few guys you could pay up for. It was Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. They were like the, the two high-priced guys you could have paid up for. Uh, I, I would have been fine with Devontae Adams. He was a little more expensive. Keenan Allen was down at 7-4, and Adams was up at 8-6. So at being 1,200 cheaper than Devontae Adams, I mean, Keenan Allen, we know the guy gets double-digit targets damn near every single game. And he was going against this terrible, terrible Jets defense. I mean, their pass defense is like the worst. And they just lost Brian Poole and Pierre Desir was put on IR. I mean, this defense was, they're running out uh, a cornerback named Lamar Jackson and these other clowns, Arthur Mallette, and it's just these, these undrafted rookies. And Keenan Allen's an absolute stud. Uh, I mean, the guy ended up with 19 targets on in this game, 16 receptions, 145 and a touchdown. Um, so yeah, 38 and a half points certainly broke the slate open and, and certainly gave me, uh, the runway I needed to, to stay above the line of cash. So Keenan Allen, uh, I almost, I, I feel like I play this guy almost every week. I mean, we're just double digit targets from an efficient quarterback, clear alpha on his team against his piss poor New York Jets defense. I was never fading Keenan Allen. He was a lock for me, um, along with Dalvin Cook. So I ended up going with Jacoby Myers and, you know, he was like 60% and the guy was, he was the highest in wide receiver uh, by a wide margin. And rightfully so. I mean, the guy, he came into the game averaging like a 40% target share over the last three games. I mean, at 4,900, how can you fade that? Right. And he ended up scoring 6.8 points, only three receptions on 38 yards. Um, you know, it's just the way it goes. He came to the game averaging 40% of the targets over the last three, and then he ends up with 7% of the targets in this game. You know, he was in a good matchup against Houston. I would have made this play consistently over and over and over again. If we play this out a hundred times, I, I think that he falls in the range of probably 13 to 16 points way more often than he falls in the range of, you know, 6.8, like he scored. So I would make that play um, again, if I was given the same situation. No regrets there on Jacoby Myers. So my last wide receiver position, I decided to punt it off with uh, a talented rookie prospect, Denzel Mims out of Baylor uh, at 
And yeah, he was only 10% owned. So maybe this is a little off the board. I thought he was a great play. Uh, gave me correlation with Balaj and Keenan Allen, um, you know, bringing him back, hoping the Jets are just down and just slinging all day long. And he really didn't have much until the second half, but he ended up having, he ended up leading the entire slate in air yards. He had 180 air yards in this game. Um, you know, that's, that's really solid. He had a 29% target share in this game. At 3.3K, he told me the guy's 180 air yards. I mean, good God, I'll play it all day. He had eight targets. Um, you know, coming into this slate, we know he's a good prospect. We know that he was getting these deep balls. His eight outs right around 12 or 13. 3.3K against the Chargers. I mean, it's not a it's not a great matchup, but it's not something you run away from either. Um, I thought he gave me good correlation, and he was just projecting so well at 3.3K. Um, I really like to play there. And, you know, he ended up scoring 10 points, three for 71, and he left a, a couple plays on the field there. With it, there he had a, a DPI against him uh, and then another um, holding. So it could have been even bigger, and he ended up having an end zone target in this game as well. So it could have been a total absolute print fest from Denzel Mims this week, and I'll certainly be on him if his price stays low in the future. I will certainly be on him again. Um, I think he's a quickly ascending prospect uh, out of Baylor. Uh, so moving on to tight end, I thought that there were two tight ends on this slate that were that were in play for cash, and it was Mark Andrews, who I ended up playing, and TJ Hawkinson. Um, so I'll, I'll touch on TJ Hawkinson first. I, so I was considering him at 4.2K, and Kenny Galladay was out. We knew that, and we also knew DeAndre Swift, who was getting around 13% target share, as well as Danny Amendola were all out. I thought that Hawkinson was a really solid play uh, on this slate, and he ended up being – um, the third highest in play on this late ended up scoring like 11 points. Um, so I guess that was fine for tight end, but um, I ended up going with Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews was the second highest in tight end on the slate. A lot of people pay down for Logan Thomas, you know, I mean, that guy gets, he runs routes every single drop back, but he just gets like no targets. And I was never playing Logan Thomas, Mark Andrews. So, you know, with having, I think the big, the big key here with Mark Andrews was Nick Boyle being out. And so without Nick Boyle, and we already knew Hayden Hurst has been gone, and there was no one else behind him. They had Luke Wilson behind Mark Andrews. So if you're telling me Mark Andrews is going to run a route on 95% of dropbacks, well, you know, it, it's just a total print fest. He ended up going five for 96 and one against the Swiss cheese Tennessee defense. We knew Baltimore was um, a home favorite in this spot with a 27 and a half implied total. I think that at 4,900, yeah, he was the most expensive tight end playing on the slate, but I think that was really hard to fade, and he ended up rewarding me just fine. Scored 20.6 points. Um, now I'm definitely happy with the process on that play and certainly happy with the results. So you know how I always love to punt off defense and I ended up punting with the Denver Broncos. They were at home at mile high, taking on Tua. And Tua in his, you know, he, he's a rookie. This is like his fifth game. Um, having to go to mile high is never a good Never a good thing, even though there's, you know, there's no fans, whatever. Um, you know, 2,400, I'm always down to punt for defense. And, um, you know, defense at home taking on a rookie quarterback is always a spot I want to be in. They end up having six sacks, an interception, and only gave up 13 points. So 12 points for my $2,400 defense, um, you know, I'll take that all day. 
So like I mentioned at the top, I scored 153 and a half, 173% of my head to head, scored, you know, about nine points above the line to cash and double ups. Um, just barely snuck into the cash and triple ups. So um, yeah, pretty solid week. And, um, you know, I'm happy with the process. So we, me and Scott will be back on Friday night. I know there's a Thanksgiving slate. There's some COVID stuff going on with the Ravens. And I don't know if it, that slate's going to happen. Um, well, I mean, the slate's going to happen, but the Ravens, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to play. So that would knock it down to a two-game slate. If it is a two-game slate, I'm definitely not going to be playing that. I would love to play the Thanksgiving slate. It's, the, it's like the best slate of the year. Um, but if it's only a two-game slate, then, you know, probably not going to be playing that. But we will be back on Friday night, breaking down the week 12. Crazy starting week 12. We'll be breaking down the week 12 DraftKings main slate, the 11-game slate, on Friday night. Until then, good luck, everybody.